Are you tired of social media posts that boast the perfect family? Has it ever made you question what you are doing wrong? Have you ever questioned why God would entrust you to raise another human, let alone two or more? Well, my friend, you are in the right place. I'm here to assure you that God does not make mistakes. You are the parent of your children on purpose. That's right, you, in all your imperfection. I want to encourage you that with God's help, you can parent your kids exactly how they need. Sure, you'll make mistakes along the way, but we have God's grace to fill in our gaps, and He's just waiting to lift you up and help you out. So join me today as we partner with God in our parenting journeys for an uplifting message of hope. But don't forget to say hi to God first. He loves you and is waiting for you to hang out with Him each day. Ready? Let's go! Do you run on coffee and Jesus? So do we at coffeewithjesusbox.com. But we serve more than coffee there. We're providing a bi-monthly delivery of fresh roasted coffee, Bible studies, discussions, and podcasts. So come on over and check us out at coffeewithjesusbox.com and give us a try today. You will be so glad you did. Let us spoil you. I'm going to take you back about 15 years ago, almost to the day when we first became parents. So imagine the little music and all the swirlies going back in time. Here we go. My oldest. Oh, she's amazing. So when we became parents, we thought we were ready. Don't we all think we're ready? She was this cute little seven pound, 11 ounce baby girl who was two and a half weeks late. Yeah, (laughs) she was very late. Fun story about me and both of my girls is that we were all due on the exact same day. My mom's due date with me and my due date with both of my girls was April 27th. Now, I was born March 16th, so I was anxious to get out and get on with life. I came out six weeks early, and here I am today. But both of my girls decided that they were very comfy cozy. My oldest, as I said, was two and a half weeks late, and my youngest was two weeks late. So their birthdays are very close, and they're coming up soon. So I was reflecting on the two of them, and we had our first, and they're three years apart, So we had our first and we had those three years of learning how to be a parent and learning what to do with a baby and then a toddler and then a preschooler and boom, number two comes along and we started again. Well, of course, the first child is everything is new. Everything is a new experience. So it feels hard and you have nothing to compare it to. So the whole time we're thinking, Oh man, this parenting thing is difficult. Babies are hard. Kids are hard. (laughs) What are we doing? We don't know what we're doing. This is crazy. Oh man. And then number two came along and we realized how very wrong we were about number one. Yeah. We realized how easy we had it with her. 
she was a gem. She was a model baby. She slept very well. She was a great eater. She potty trained easily and fairly early. Not our doing. It was all on her. She started reading at a very early age. And we kind of reflected. Perspective is everything, isn't it? We realized we really had it easy with her. Because number two came along and we don't know what happened. <laughs> I hear that story a lot from friends and just people in general that we talk about parents being a parent that when number two came along, they were the wild child or the unpredictable one or the difficult one or the colicky one or you insert your adjective. They were so much harder in some way than the first one. And I think that's an interesting trend. And obviously it's not 100% for everybody. But the second or maybe one of the middle children, if you have many, more than two, tends to be the one that throws you off your game. And let's see, twelve, almost 12 years later, it's still going. It's still happening. Our oldest has gone through, she's a teenager now, and I was the worst 13-year-old in the world, just so you know. So I dreaded having a 13-year-old girl thinking, oh dear, she's going to be just like me. I am in serious trouble. And we got to 13 and she was great. And sure, she had her moodiness. She had her tantrums. She had her outbursts. But I don't think they were anything out of the ordinary of any other hormonal teenage girl or preteen girl. It was all pretty relative. And I think she actually got through it pretty beautifully. I'm, I'm quite impressed. I'm going to brag on her. I am quite impressed. But I still dreaded that 13 thinking, oh, no, here it comes. 13 has come and gone. And we survived. And she wasn't just like me. Thank God. <laughs> I think that was God's grace on me. But number two is about to turn 12, which means 13 is only about a year away. So there's still another chance that I could have one just like me. <laughs> Guys, please pray against that. <laughs> I do not want one just like me. I was the worst. So uh, all truth, I'm 46. I just turned 46 and I am still still apologizing to my mother for age 13. That's how bad I was. All right. I want to show a hands. Go ahead. You can put comment on the Facebook page or in a review or comment on this podcast. How many of you were like that when you were a teenager? Anybody? All right. Another one. How many of you have one like that? One that just had no self-control, constantly screaming at you, telling you, insulting you, saying things that no teenage daughter should ever say to her mother. Oh, no. Uh-uh. No filter. It was bad. I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. And uh, I didn't know Jesus back then. Not that that's an excuse. It certainly shouldn't be. But it was bad. And uh, I thank God every day that I'm not like that anymore. And 
So far, so good. My kids are not. But for those of you who have one like that, I'm sure you can relate. So why am I bringing all this up? Well, first of all, I think it's something most of us can relate to, having that child that we just some days don't know what to do with them, right? I mean, that really, if you've heard some of my earlier episodes, that's really what drove me down to that place where I was just out of answers, out of options. I had no idea. And then I realized that I hadn't been parenting with God. No, I hadn't been letting him in. I thought I could do it on my own. I thought I was supposed to do it on my own. And then I realized what an amazing resource I was missing out on by not letting God in to my parenting journey. I wasn't letting the expert in, the professional. He invented parenthood. He is all of our father. We all belong to him. You, mom, dad, you are a child of God. He's your daddy too. And he's been doing this a heck of a lot longer than any of us. That's for sure. So why wasn't I turning to the expert? Sheer ignorance. That's the truth. Sheer ignorance. It didn't even occur to me. It didn't even occur to me. What a crazy thought. For me anyway, now that I look back, I think, why? Why wouldn't I have thought of that? Well, to be honest, I wasn't spending a lot of time with him. I didn't understand how. I didn't know what to do or what that looked like. I didn't really have an example to look at to see what it looked like. And so I was really on my own trying to figure this whole thing out, this whole being a Christian, being a parent, and how that looked together. I had this idea of what a Christian mom should look like, and I was trying to live up to that idea. But not once had I gone to God and said, what do I do? How do I do this? How am I, Heather, supposed to be a Christian mom? How do I parent my children in a way that glorifies you, God? I didn't go to him. And it was really confusing. And it was so hard. And it was lonely. So I am so grateful for that day that God made me realize very clearly my need for him. There are times like that in our lives, aren't there? When we just feel so low, so down, so imperfect. And when those moments arise and bad things happen, we think, why would these things happen? Why, God, why? That's when we cry out to him, right? Why, God, why? Well, he has a reason for everything. And in those moments, that's when we can realize because we need him. We need God. We can't do this alone. We just can't. It's hard. It's a lot of things to try to accomplish, to be successful at, to be, dare I say, perfect at. It's not our job to be perfect. It's our job to partner with God and love our kids and raise them to know him, to love him, to honor him, because through that, we will see the fruit of our journey. We'll see the fruits of our love. We'll see the fruits of our faith. We'll see the fruits of our good works. It's through our faith in God 
that we should desire to have these things because he wants them for us. Think about how you feel when you want to give your kids a gift. Let's, let's just choose their birthday since my kids' birthdays are coming up. How long do you think about what you want to get them for their birthday? What are some of the things you consider when choosing a gift for them? You think about what they like. You think about their interests, what they're good at. Maybe you even think about a little bit selfishly what you hope they'd be good at, but they haven't expressed an interest in. Maybe. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I've done that. I've, I've given things to them that I think, I bet they would like this. They've never tried it. I, I, I hope they do. Sometimes it backfires. Sometimes it doesn't. It's okay. This one Christmas, in fact, I think it was maybe two Christmases ago. Um, no, three Christmases ago. There was a show coming through that my oldest and I were both dying to see dying to see. It was only coming through once. It was on a worldwide tour. And I was so ecstatic. I got that for her for Christmas. That was her big present. And we got her a few little things to fill in her stocking and things like that. But that was the last present she opened on Christmas morning. And let me tell you, I videotaped it because I couldn't wait to see her face. The, the shock and delight on her face filled my heart with so much joy that I couldn't even explain it. God wants us to feel that joy. No, we're not going to be happy all the time. That's, that's just an un, unrealistic expectation. But joy and happiness aren't the same thing, are they? No, the joy is the satisfaction of knowing that we have a God who loves us. The joy is that we know he doesn't change. The joy is that we can rely on him. He is faithful. The joy is that we have eternal life in him if we believe. If we believe in Jesus, we accept him as our savior. We have eternal life with this beautiful, beautiful God who loves us unconditionally. That's even more than we could ever possibly feel for our children. I always tell my youngest, I love you. And I put my left, my fingers really close together. Like I'm pinching like a little teeny tiny piece of hair, almost like that close. And when I do that, she knows what I mean is that I love you, but God loves you this. I, I love you like this much less than God because God loves you more. And I can't measure how big my love is and his love is bigger. So it's just a visual to show her how much he loves her because it's hard to fathom the love that God has for us. And whether we're firstborns, secondborns, eighthborns, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much trouble we've given him. It doesn't matter how easy we've been. It doesn't matter if we came to faith at birth, practically, like my oldest. She's just always had faith. She's never questioned whether or not God is true and real. She's always had this beautiful relationship with him. I've watched it sometimes with a little bit of envy, I admit, but it's beautiful. And then there's my youngest who took her a good nine, 10, maybe 11 years to really accept the whole truth of Jesus, the whole truth 
of his love for her. She understood the stories, but for her to internalize his love, to accept that he is her savior, it took her longer. She had to wrestle with it. So whether you're like my oldest, who faith comes really easy to you, or you're like my youngest, who really has to wrestle with the big ideas and put them in place before she can really say yes, doesn't matter. God loves you anyway. He does. And he wants to be with you while you're wrestling through parenthood. So friends, I encourage you always go to him first. And if yet, if you've yet to do that, if you're like, oh, I keep screwing up. I keep forgetting I can include him. It's okay. It's not too late. Take a moment. God, I'm so sorry. I, I just forget that I need you to be part of this. So I'm inviting you in. It's okay. You may have to do that a hundred times. I still forget sometimes. I'm like, oh, totally forgot. Okay, God, sorry. You know, I need you here. I need you in this. Please, please forgive me. It's okay. He's all, He's just waiting for you. He's hanging out saying, all right, I can't wait to hang out with my, my buddy again. I can't wait to hang out with my daughter, my son again and help them to raise these beautiful human beings. Yeah, get in there. Get with God. Spend some time with him each day. Build that relationship with him because the more you build that relationship with him, the more you're going to understand his daddy heart. And the more it's going to become something that you just understand. It's going to become woven into your day to day. It's going to come out in the things that you say, the way you say them. And sometimes even when you don't say something, when you're holding your tongue, like I have to do a lot because I'm a talker. Here I am on a podcast, right? I'm a talker. But for me, it takes a supernatural self-control a lot of times to not say the right, the wrong thing. Sometimes I just want to blurt my feelings out at my kids. But it's not the right thing to do all the time. And it's not a good example. So I need God's help with that. I ask him for his self-control still. And I always will because I really don't see an end to my need for him. <laughs> no, not at all. So make sure today you spend some time with the Lord. Give your kids a hug. Tell them you love them this much less than God. Because God loves them so much more than they could ever measure. And guess what? Same goes for you. God loves you more than you could ever imagine, you could ever measure. You couldn't possibly fill this earth with the amount of love he has for each and every one of you. So rest easy. Spend some time with him today. Thank him for getting you this far in your parenting journey and ask him to walk with you the rest of the way. He's so good and he loves you and we are so lucky to have him. So friends, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you for teaching us what it's like to love another human being uh, immeasurably. Thank you for teaching us what it's like to parent. Thank you for teaching us what your perspective must be like when we don't measure up or your expectations because Lord, you know, we're, we're fallible. And thankfully you already have a great perspective on that, but we still have to form it for ourselves. Thank you, God, for protecting our children when they need protection. 
Thank you, Lord, for the self-control that only you can provide when we need it. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your example of unconditional love that we can look to and say, wow, all right, that's my goal. Yes, I do love my kids like that. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for this week. And I pray that as we go about our our day-to-day, that we remember that you are our partner in parenting, that you are with us and you will help us whenever we ask. It is in your son's super precious, amazing, powerful name that I pray. Amen. Have a wonderful week, you guys, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining me on another episode of Imperfect Parenting with a Perfect God. If you found some encouragement today, I would love it if you would take some time to rate and review this podcast and share it with a friend. Help get the word out. Thank you.